We've teamed up with SeatGeek this season to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get in on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use code NCAA Hoops Digest for $20 off your first purchase. This podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. All right, Dinga and DeRosa, a House Enterprise, House of College Hoops podcast, Feast Week edition. Michael, happy Feast Week, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, how are you on this lovely Tuesday? Happy Feast Week to you as well. It's good being home, you know, it's with the family, however, comma. I got the Indy Airport's like the best airport in the world. You can get there and like get in like through like five minutes through security. It is so easy. I got there early this time because I'm like, usually I get there and it's like boarding like right there. I cut it close. It's a rush. It's really stupid, but I do it every time. This time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get there a little early because the last time I tried to bring my microphone, they pulled me over and thought like I had a bomb or something. Oh. Yeah. They couldn't like, and then the guy walks over. I was waiting for like 10 minutes. He's like, Oh, it's just a microphone, isn't it? I said, yep. He said, all right, you're free to go. So I'm expecting that to happen again. So I get there like probably like 30 minutes before like I would need to board this time. It's like really early. Like I was really not pushing it. Guess the one thing I forgot to bring. My goddamn microphone. So I'm using my desktop mic, baby. Let's go. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds good. That's 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 surprising. Huh. The Indy Airport is A1. It is the... I. It's so much better than the dog shit ones back here. Yeah, the Minneapolis airport is remarkably good for how many people are usually there. Like it's a it's a big connecting airport, and yet it's still pretty pretty solid. Um, a lot of action the last couple of days, and then obviously into the rest of the week here. Highlighted maybe by some would say some would say at MD the dream uh, the game of the year. Uh, so far, UCLA and Marquette last night, late o'clock. Uh, Marquette pulls it out 71-69. Um, Sebastian Mack had a layup to tie it with, uh, with, with about a second left, missed it. Um, what were your initial thoughts of that game? And, uh, yeah, what, what's the prognosis? Is this more about UCLA or more uh, a smite on Marquette? I thought it was a bit of both. I would say more about UCLA, though. I think UCLA is ahead of where we expected them to be at this time. Like, they got Berke Biotengel eligible. Notice how I nailed that name again, by the way. Well done, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got him eligible yesterday, and he looked like a producer. But Sebastian Mack played really well. I think he had 25 in the end, it was, with like 11-11 from the line. He looked really, really good. So I was really impressed with him. Adembona looked like Adembona, so like I wasn't stunned by that. That dunk he had on Cam Jones was fucking mean. That was oh my nuts. God, that was nasty. Yeah, I thought you say he looked good. Uh, they're definitely going to get better as the year goes on. Uh, at the same time, Marquette missed some shots they usually hit. Kolek didn't look great. I think you can out-athlete Marquette, and UCLA showed if you can be physical with Marquette, you can kind of cause some problems. But I thought UCLA played really well, honestly. And I think they play uh, – never mind, they play Chaminade later. So, yeah, they're going to win that one. But, yeah. like, they weren't supposed to anyway. But I thought they looked good. I was impressed. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of an interesting game script with Marquette getting down by, I think, up to maybe yeah. 13 or 14. But – it, it, the true colors of UCLA to me kind of showed in the last few possessions where it's like, Hey, you really need a basket. What are you going to do? Because Dambona is not really a great ISO guy. It's just not really his game. Um, 
Dylan Andrews, Sebastian Mack, those guys aren't really that good of shooters. Like Mack had 25 points on six of 14 from the floor. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I didn't know what they would do. And then they ended up just kind of huffing one up after wasting 20 seconds with uh, Stefanovic. He missed it. And then, you know, they get the board, but UCLA, they have a long way to go. Berke, yes, they get him eligible and he, was really good defensively, but 0 of 7 on offense, including just like a missed dunk. Like he, he, he looked, I don't know. Uh, he wasn't a useful piece on the os- offensive side of the ball. There's a lot of questions there still. I think this was more about Marquette and how they're a little susceptible. If, if, um, if Kolek doesn't have an all-star night, like he did against Illinois, where are you going to go? What What's the game plan? Because ice or ISOing with Oso down low isn't always going to work like it did tonight. I also, to be fair, when you said UCLA, like Bona wasn't going to be like the go-to guy. They were in the set, like at the very end, it was the sideline out of bounds where they pulled like the guards up. Like they ran like a dummy screen for, I believe it was Mac to get the ball up top, but they actually went down to Bona. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. he put that move on Oso. Like he, filthy footwork so i don't know maybe maybe they can find a way to get him the ball but uh yeah i think if like you can out physical out athlete marquette and if david joplin wasn't five of 11 from three they definitely don't win that game and i don't know if i'm expecting him to be five of 11 from three every night yeah 11 of 34 uh from three for marquette as the team 34 threes i'm not sure that's the game i mean but a lot of them were open like sean jones at the end it was wide open. They just left him. So there's a lot of them like that, but 34 threes is a whole lot, um, especially in a somewhat low possession game. Um, I want to hit on one other game from last night. Uh, UConn manhandles Texas. Uh, it, it, they controlled the entire game. It was only a 10 point ending uh, results, but I mean, UConn was in control and this was when Donovan Klingon got two rebounds and seven points. No Steph Castle. Uh, UConn to me, Michael is looking like a, like a true national championship contender again. Yeah. They look really, really good. Like they were just getting production from like everyone, like Samson Johnson looked really good. You had Kemp Spencer look really good the day before, like they're getting production from just about everybody. So they look good. Uh, but then again, Donovan Klingon matters significantly and they should cash my hundred to one national player of the year future because he's the best player in the country. But no, seriously, I'm a little worried about Texas too, honestly. I think part of it, UConn looked really good. Like, not to discredit them, but Indiana sucks. They suck. And Texas might be a tad. Like, neither of us really liked Texas when we were doing our Big 12. Right. I don't think this is – I think UConn showed there are levels, and it should not have been a 10-point game. I think that's what it ended at. It probably should have been closer to, like, 15-20. But I think part of that is a slight indictment on Texas. Yeah, we'll get to Gonzaga here in a bit, but similarly with Gonzaga, like there's just no depth on Texas. They have yeah. a solid starting five. And then outside of that, Theo Horton and Chendel Weaver are like your only two bench guys. I don't know. Like that's not really all that appealing. You stop two guys, then you have a good chance to beat Texas. I mean, yep. They took out Max Asmus, and you uh, Texas just didn't know really what to do. Like Dylan Mitchell ended up having a great day, 21 and eight, but. I mean, outside of that, Brock Cunningham's not going to light it up on you. If, if you force him the ball, um, good luck. So we'll see what happens with Texas. Uh, Gonzaga Gonzaga, and Tennessee both looked pretty darn good yesterday as well. Um, 
what are your thoughts on the Zags, even though you know they lose, but then right now, as we're recording, they're beating Syracuse. Long-term with Gonzaga, what, what are your thoughts there? I think Gonzaga should pretty much cruise the WCC. We'll get to one of the other teams in that conference later. Uh, but like San Francisco, they look good, but like they're not going to present Gonzaga problems. I think they should cruise the WCC, but their depth is a real concern to me. I think outside of their, honestly, they got four guys who I think are like legit, legit with EK, Watson, Hickman, and Nemhard. Then after that, I mean, they're right now in the Syracuse game, they're getting three points from Stromer with two turnovers, three assists, four boards. Hoff has six points, two, four from three. He's probably their number. He's their best guy off the bench. And then you got two from Ben Gregg and nothing from Luka Krankiewicz. So I just don't think their depth is anything. And I think if you can, I mean, even get one of EK, Watson, Hickman, or Nemhard in foul trouble, or one of those guys goes down, I think they're fucked. Yeah. Especially after the loss of Steel Venters. That's a shooter they had on the wing. The three-point shooting I don't think is great. And I think they're pretty thin up front. So I'm yep. lower on this team than I expected to be. They, uh, I was impressed with them, believe it or not, yesterday against Purdue, even though they, they got beat pretty soundly. Um, I thought it was just a terrible matchup, and yet they hung in it enough. Uh, Purdue, by the way, I wasn't as big on. Now I'm, I'm kind of in. The guards have showed it enough. Braden Smith yeah. is, like, all the way good, and – uh, if he keeps shooting the ball at the clips he has been, like they're going to roll through the, the, the Big Ten as well. Yeah. But yes, agreed. Gonzaga, I don't know. St. Mary's is, yeah, we'll talk about them, but they're not very good. They're, they're okay. Um, not good enough to be consistently good enough to win the league. Let's say that. Um, and then the last game in Maui yesterday was, was Tennessee and Syracuse, Tennessee. Handle Syracuse and Sandra Syracuse is about to lose another one. Uh, the offense like there six right now, actually. Oh, Gonzaga just scored, make that eight, eight point game. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're hanging in. They were down yeah. what 14 at half. Yeah. Uh, the offense for Syracuse is too erratic to me. Um, a lot of players that shoot a lot of shots that I don't think they should. Um, if Judah Mintz is your only true tried and true capable ball handler and, and scorer, then it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be problematic down the stretch for for Syracuse. You see, I think it's Mintz and Starling, and then you have like a fairly definitive gap. You don't have a third guy yet. With Benny Williams, I think he he was someone I expected to be better. He hasn't done anything. I think he like was like ruled ineligible for like a team rule suspension. You never know what those are. They keep that vague. It could be anything. I think they expect him back fairly soon, and I'm not 100. Let me actually make, look that up to make sure I'm not like lying on the kid's name. Uh, yeah, he was suspended, uh, so I don't know what they're expecting from him. He's someone who was a top 50 recruit coming out of high school. Chris Bell right now is two of 15 and one of eight from three in this game. You need more to him. Naheem McLeod looks unplayable. He honestly he hasn't been great for them. He's just kind of he's big, but he's like slow, and they have not figured out this wild concept called defense or help defense yet they don't know how to do any of that if you get by the first guy you're scoring a bucket every time so but i don't know i still think there's some talent on the syracuse team like mince is 9 of 13 and 22 up against ryan nemhart and nolan hickman who all things considered are good guards right defensive guards there is some talent in that backcourt so let's stay in the maui um who's your pick to win now that we have the the winner's bracket kind of decided and, and two games later tonight 
I think it kind of opens up for Kansas because I think Kansas beats Marquette. I think Marquette's just going to be kind of drained from that really long game. Kansas yeah. got to play Chaminade game one. And I'm very 50-50 on Tennessee-Purdue today later. Uh, I, I lean – it's in that weird – like the spread's like three, I think. And mm-hmm. I'm in that weird spot where I like Tennessee against the spread but Purdue to win. So that's how it tells you you pass. You just yeah. like got nothing on it. So I'm not confident in that game. So – just basing on that, I'm fairly confident Kansas beats Marquette, so I'm going to take Kansas just by default in that case. But I don't know. I think Tennessee looks really good. Dalton Connect looks really good for them. They've got good guards too, and Purdue looks really good. But I just think the winner of that game is going to be drained against whoever they play next, and that I expect that to be Kansas, and I think Kansas can just take away there. Yeah. Uh, Connect is has been fabulous, and he's a really good offensive threat, but – I don't know if he has the the alpha in him. Like if he's the only scorer or, or you know, a creator, because Bescovy can score, but he's not really a creator. And Ziegler is, I mean, he, he can do it, but it's not been you know, super reliable in the past. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, down low, I have issues with, I mean, obviously everyone has issues against Edie, but Tennessee yeah. just doesn't really have the size to, to compete down there. So we'll see what happens. Agreed. Um, Kansas has the easier path though, so I would probably uh, lean them as well. Um, Michael, let's go to a couple of early takeaways the last couple of weeks. We haven't recorded a true podcast since the beginning of the year. So let's go there. Uh, what's what's one takeaway that you have so far in the season? Yeah, I gotta get ahead of this. This is where I gotta start. Some of my takes on these teams are so fucking shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you watched Maryland play? I tried. I tried to oh tell my you. I tried. God, they are awful. They are <laughs> terrible. They can't drive. They can't shoot. They can't defense. These guys should be connected by now. They can't do anything. They look fucking terrible. They look awful. They are so far behind. The amount of defensive lapses they made in that Davidson game. They should have won that game convincingly. And they're like, on the inbound, Dante Scott just forgets to guard the guy in the corner. Spoiler alert, he's Davidson and he's white, so he knocks down the three and you lose the game. Yeah. They look awful. And against Nova, they put up 40 points. 40 points. They are terrible. St. Mary's, bad. Bad. They look awful. They are so far behind where I expected them to be. Cal, that's our team. They look terrible. They are awful. That was a miss for sure. Granted, they only played one game, like one real game, but like they just kind of gave up in that game. Like they got down. I remember that I was watching it. They have a three in transition. They were down three. Max Rice gets like, he gets out in transition. He stops at the three point line. He waits for like two seconds, expecting someone to guard him and to make the pass. No one guards him. So he just shoots it. He missed. Clemson went down, scored on the other end. And then it went from five to 10 to 20 in a matter of 10 seconds. It just felt like they kind of quit. So that was demoralizing but i'm still kind of i'm still in on that team but i don't think they're as good as i thought they were and nova lost a pen those are some of like the teams i was really big on there are a couple in there that like i'm i'm not wrong yet about like baylor looks good but my god some of my picks were fucking terrible um you know a caveat to the to the nova thing i think they'll be fine yeah Um, all the other teams you mentioned i think they're yeah they're gone but nova I think they'll be able to come back. Boise will be fine. Uh, When he gets fully healthy, like he's still wearing the mask. So when he gets fully healthy, I think they'll be fine. But the other teams. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the Cal pick. 
in retrospect, I don't know. It's easy to see kind of the writing on the wall and how we missed this, but it's, I mean, it, the first, you know, three or four guys on the roster are really intriguing and they've been pretty good. Like Cone, Tyson, and Fardaz are all solid. It's just that the drain of talent after those guys is just, it's so immense. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how they win like more than three or four Pac 12 games. Yeah. How's your national title future on Cal looking? Yeah, not great, but uh, <laughs> the auto bid is still, is still out there. Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, my first takeaway is Houston. They're undefeated. They're number one in Ken Palm right now. I'm going to kind of fade them, uh, I think, moving forward, just because I watched a couple of their games, and they still have the defensive switchability and and how versatile and athletic they are, and that's great. Offensively, there's some issues. Shed is okay. Um, Their best player on uh, offensive rating on Ken Palm is 161st in the country, and that's Terrence Arsenio, who's not even used very much on their team, not a starter. Uh, LJ Cryer has just been all right. Um, I don't know if they really, really need points and they get down seven or eight, and that will happen. You're going to get punched in the mouth in basketball sometimes. I don't know how you cloud up a hole with, uh, with that team uh, offensively. Even against Utah, like they got up a bunch and then they just stagnated, and Utah was able to creep back into that game. And I mean, obviously, Houston ended up winning, but um, I have real questions with the Cougs uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, I think the matchups just set up really well for them. Like Utah, we right. love Utah. What's something they're going to struggle with? Athleticism. Yeah. Athleticism, physicality, that's what Houston is as a team. That's just who they are. And then they were able to play Dayton in the next game where the point guard, I forget his name off the top of my head, looked good against St. John's. He was just a steady presence. They're gonna. He's, he's a sophomore point guard transfer from Merrimack. He's going to struggle. They right. don't have the guards to put up with Houston's pressure. And where Deron Holmes can be that guy, same with Nate Santos, who looks really good. After that, it's a definitive gap. So I just think the matchup set up really well for them. They set up to cruise. They cruised. But I also don't see them really getting tested until Texas A&M 12-16. Uh, that's December 16th. Like, they play Montana. They should beat Montana. I don't think Xavier presents real problems for them because Xavier's also going to struggle with pressure. Yeah. Like, Xavier hasn't looked great this season. And then it's Rice and Jackson State in between those games. So I don't think anyone presents problems for Houston till that time, but I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Houston isn't a team. I'm like ready to say this team should win the big 12 or anything like that. I, I still have some questions. Right. Uh, let's stay in the, the big 12 here with another newcomer to the league. BYU. You stole my takeaway. You motherfucker. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let you take it away. I'll t- I'll no, no, away. no. You got it first. <laughs> well, I mean, they're a team that I like, you know, I beat, I kind of beat the shit out of them on our preview. I had them last in the league. I said they wouldn't be able to score. And yet here they are. They won games by 53. What, what is this one? 57 and 43. 53, 57, and 43. I don't care who you're playing. Those are all Division One opponents, and you beat them by that much, that many points. And then also you beat San Diego State, even if they're a little hobbled with Trammell. Um, you beat them by nine. They've looked really good. Like this offense is pretty dynamic and defensively they're just as good as I kind of figured they would be. Um, but yeah, offensively it's, it's a, a big time jump for them who they were bad last year. Like weren't even close to being on the bubble. And yet this year they're looking like a top six ish, uh, big 12 team. I mean, right now they're 14 in Ken Palm. 
Yeah. Secretly. Uh, they beat San Diego State, honestly, fairly handily. And when I turned that game on, it was after a Butler game. I don't remember which, but like UAU just kind of controlled the game from there. Dalen Hall and Spencer Johnson both are averaging over five assists a game. I think Spencer Johnson's at six. So they have legit ball movers that they did not have last year. Rudy Williams, the ball just kind of stuck with him. That's not the case this season for uh, this BYU team. Uh, Jackson Robinson is a legit athlete on the wing, which they will need. He is playing really well right now. He's their leading scorer. Mark Pope's a really good coach. And as a team, BYU is 37% from three. And they've got seven guys averaging over nine points a game. They've got balance. They've got shooters. They've got legit point guards who can move the ball and get everyone involved, which they didn't have last year. Traore is even two at three from three this season. So, man, they look good. You had them 14th in the Big 12. I had them 12th. They look way better than that. Mark Pope has done a really good job with this team. They're steady. They're veterans. They're smart. They, they're going to cause some problems. They're, they're, they play such a different style than everyone else in the Big 12, too. They spread yeah. you out. They're going to move the ball well. They're going to be smart. They're going to slow the game down. They're just going to execute. And I think that could get them to steal a couple of games. I, they look like a tournament team. They look like a really good tournament team at that. And, yeah, as you mentioned, this is actually the stat I went for. They won those three bye games by a combined 147 points. So, they look really good. Nuts. Really good. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they are. Like, I get it. Those three teams are all, all really bad. Like, C-Law is terrible, and, and uh, Morgan State's really bad, too. But it doesn't matter. If you win by that many points, it means something, at least. Yeah, they're good. They They've got pieces, man. They look – I'm surprised that Johnson and Hall look as good at the point guard spot as they do. Like, they just – they're very steady there, and I think they yeah. need that to run their offense the way they want to. And when you have guys who can really control a game and get everyone else involved, it takes their team to another level. So, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll hockey pass it over to you for your next uh, – what do you got next tech yeah. takeaway for us? Let's go some mid-major hoops. This team loses their best player who might be the best player they've had in program history, maybe aside from Seth Curry, who was there for two years. Liberty loses Darius McGee. They look excellent. Absolutely excellent. Balance scoring. I mean, they have, and they had some easy, easy wins over Furman and Wichita State, two teams who are not pushovers. Like, they're not great, but they're not pushovers. I believe Furman was, like, first in the SOCON, like, projected-wise. They look really good. Like, you're getting legit points. I think Kyle Rohde's averaging 18 points a game for them. They've just controlled every game they've been in. Liberty, Richie McKay's got a team down there, man. They look really good. Yeah, they don't take I, – I watched – I've only seen one of their games this year. I watched the Charlotte game, um, and they just don't take any bad shots. Like, they just do what they are supposed to do every single time down the court. Uh, it's it's truly remarkable. Um this team has the legs to kind of be a problem in March, like as a, a feisty 11 seed type deal. And they're in the CUSA this year. So like they might get a little more tested, but like, yeah, they should like, they play Charleston uh, December 1st. Actually, no, they play FAU better yet. FAU. Uh, Thursday, next Thursday. Yeah. yeah. That's... With what we've seen of FAU so far, granted three games and Elijah Martin's not at full health. And I think he matters to their team a lot, but I think as of now, I believe that's on a neutral. My favorite Liberty right now. <laughs> they look really good. Yeah. Um, it's a two-point game on Ken Palm. Like it's, yeah. it, that game is a true toss-up. That's actually yeah. going to lead a pretty good segue into my one of my takeaways is Fort Atlantic. Everyone wants to discredit them and say, okay, this they were way overrated to begin the season, all of this. Shut up. 
shut up, everybody. They're a very, very good basketball team. They'll be fine. Butler, what are you? What are, what are we doing here? Who, who does Florida Atlantic play next, Chris? Do they have Butler? First game. Yeah, East, Thursday. Okay. Well, yeah. Good luck. Um, they're gonna Butler's gonna get smoked. I, I don't think they get smoked. FAU will be just fine. They'll be a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. Everyone will look back to this day where they lose one game and everyone panics and says, oh, okay, their whole season's over, la, 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 la. No, no, it's not. Vlad Golden and, and Jenna, John L. Davis, Elijah Martin, like there's just too much talent on that team to be bad. They'll be okay. Elijah Martin's not fully healthy yet. They're running him off the bench, and he just doesn't look 100% in the games I've yeah. seen. Uh, the Bryant loss is bad. That's that's not a great team. They have talent, and but Martelli Jr. accepted the job. I believe it was like three days yeah. before beating FAU. So that's not a good loss. But they looked good against Loyola. Like they controlled that game entirely, and they played EMU in their second game. And they dog walked them. So I still think this team is good. I definitely have some questions with how they match up against a team like a Memphis that they will play in the league who is a lot longer, a lot more physical. I think that's a test for them because they didn't really face that until the tournament where they looked excellent against Tennessee and all things considered, they should have lost that Memphis game in Memphis inbounded the ball. And there was one call I remember that went against Memphis that was like, whoa. But yeah, I think FU is going to be good. I don't know if they're like great. I think like people who had them top 15, that might've been a little bit of an exaggeration. I think we were just kind of wishfully thinking that, but. I think it seems really good. You still have really good guards. And at the end of the day, guards win games in March, as we all saw when they went on their huge run. And Vlad Golden's not a pushover inside. They've got dudes, so. Yeah, the shooting splits. I mean, Nick Boyd is is only shooting 30%. Davis is shooting 25% from three. Uh, Elijah Martin, 25% from three. Greenlee, 33%. All those guys' shooting splits will be higher at the end of the year than they are right now, so. It's one bad game. Everyone needs to take the pedal off of the gas, in my opinion. Yeah. I, uh, For what it's worth, in my rankings, I still have them hovering right around that top 15 mark. Yeah, 17. I, I, didn't, I took them out of my top 25 because I don't want to reward teams who are losing by games. I think I want to get more teams in. And then, like, when may, if you are lose a team that lost a by game, you have to prove to me you are what I thought you were, and that will put you back in there. You just have to just play a good game, and then it's like uh, against a good team, and I'll buy into it. But yeah, I had FAU on the outside looking in. Okay. Hey, well, here I I'm always curious what people say to this. This is a little bit more meta, like visceral conversation. But when you rank a top 25, are you ranking who you think the top 25 teams in America are, or are you ranking the top 25 like resumes? I think once we get to the later season, I'll start going with what teams I think are the best 25 teams in the country and just watching them play and moving stuff around there. But for now, I don't want to reward a team who lost a bye game. And we're still learning a lot about these teams. So I more lean towards, all right, I watched this team play. I think they looked really good. I'll keep them in there. Or I watched this game from FAU. They're not great right now. They'll get better. But as of right now, I do not think they're a top 25 team. And I just kind of rotate it from there. But once we get more into the season, it's like, okay, FAU might have lost to Western Kentucky or someone like that, say. But it's like, yeah, but yeah. they're still really good. And they just had a bad shooting day. And Western Kentucky had a really good shooting day. I'm not going to overreact to it. But for now, it's like I want to get more bodies in there and stuff like that. I have one more question while we're talking top 25. Is Auburn ranked for you? Yes. Okay. I Are they ranked in the AP top 25? Jeez, I, do not I don't think people. so. 
Um, I, I only bring this up because I don't think they are. And it's almost like people forgot how good that Baylor Auburn game was. And Auburn hasn't done anything to lose that spot since then. They've, Torn up three inferior opponents, beat St. Bonnie by 17, I think. Um, Smoked Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, I I don't know how, and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they're ranked, and that is a misstep by by the pollster. 34th they would be if we're including the others receiving votes. They'd yeah, be 34th? That's crazy, yeah. right? Aiden Holloway and, and Jedi Broom, like, those guys are – really good <laughs> switchable on the wings their defense is really long really athletic and that's not a bonnie that bonnie team is pretty good yeah they're fine you should not just walk through them and they did and they made it look really easy so yeah i'm i think auburn was a team where i watched them play in game one and was like i think i was too low on this team they look really yeah. good and aiden holloway that kid is going to be special they'll be a top through probably four sec team maybe fifth um, and that should be good enough to to deserve a ranking, in my opinion. That's just how good that league is. Um, my next takeaway, Michael, is the eliteness of the top of the sport. Um, I didn't know if there were too many great teams. And now looking at it, I think there's a very clear separation between the seven or eight teams that I think can compete for a national championship versus the teams that cannot. Uh, starker than it has been in, in recent years to me. Last year was wide open. This year, it is not. Um, if you gave me seven teams of my, six teams of my choosing even, to win a national championship versus the field, I would absolutely take the six teams at, at, at minus money. I really would. Um, agree, disagree? What do you think? I don't know if it's on my end or his end. This is kind of a rush. I'll just keep talking and maybe he shows up and starts talking. But yeah, I agree with him. Purdue looks excellent. Kansas looks excellent. Arizona, when they went out and beat Duke, that was one of the best wins we've seen all season, if not the best win we've seen. And uh, yeah, you hate Arizona, but we'll get to that at another point. Uh, Marquette. That level. I mean, you didn't put them top five and they had the best win of anyone in the country. I'm not going to overreact because they played really great ball one time against the team that they matched up super well against. I'm not going to do it. They looked excellent, man. UConn looks incredible. Duke is still Duke. Like they went out and beat Michigan state and controlled that entire game. So Uh, it is kind of a bummer because Arizona has Michigan state next. And I think Michigan state is all the way fraudulent. So they'll win that game and everyone will continue the Arizona is a top five team. They are. Uh, it's going to be annoying for me. Where do you have Arizona? I had them at seven. That's too low. I, I don't know. Like, who's been more impressive to you, Creighton or Arizona? Creighton isn't beating anybody. Uh, just uh, watching them play, who do you think is the better team, Creighton look, or Arizona? They look good. But again, you have to prove to me against a good team before. Like, I, I didn't rank Iowa State yet. Iowa State looks really good, but they haven't beaten anybody. At this point, you got to beat somebody before I'm in. And Creighton, I think they play someone coming up, if I'm not wrong. But, like, Iowa sucks. They'll have Colorado State, probably, I guess, if you want to consider that somebody. Jesus, Creighton, I should play really – because one of my favorite spots in college basketball is fading teams who haven't played anyone good as they, like, play good teams after, like, feast week. So, if Creighton – Iowa's not good. They're not good. And Creighton didn't look great in that game. Like, I'm not going to – they didn't look good. I think Iowa's a tournament team. Don't bullshit. I think they are. Bullshit. I didn't think so going into the year. I watched that game and I said, that does not look like an NIT team to me. Ben Cricky, uh, who led the MVC in scoring last year, looked fantastic. Um, they what were the shots shooting. making? 
10, 10 foot jumpers. They were not 10 feet. They were not 10 feet. They King were all the behind. Yeah, they were all behind the free throw line. Kingfoot, hey, if it works, it works. Yeah, I do not expect that to work consistently. Analytics be damned. If it works, it works. Um, on Evan Maya, Iowa is is a lot higher than um, than they are on the other analytic websites. Most of their players are in the top 150-ish uh, in player rankings. I think they're pretty good, Michael. I think uh, it, the country is a little bit lower than on Iowa than they should be. Is Creighton in a midseason tournament? Uh, yeah, they go to Kansas City for some bullshit with Loyola Chicago, Colorado State, and Boston College. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Colorado State's not bad, but my God, that schedule is fucking soft. Oklahoma State isn't good. They're not. Nebraska isn't good. They've beaten cupcakes. Am I supposed to rank them too now? They're not good. Central <laughs> hey, maybe, Michigan. Maybe UNLV. if they play really good and beat Creighton, you'll rank them number five in the country. If they play really well and beat Creighton, yeah, I will rank them highly. <laughs> Probably top five then, right? Not top five. No, I just bump Creighton down. They like Creighton looks really good. Like I'm not discrediting Creighton, but I can't until they beat somebody good. I can't rank them too high. Like, is there a team that they've played that matches anywhere near their level of athleticism? And Creighton's not the most athletic team. But no, and you won't see it till the 16th when they play, um, or December 16th when they play Alabama, and that should be a lot of fun. Maybe Colorado State can. Like Colorado State's not bad. That's a good team. Take away Isaiah Stevens, though. Like, oh yeah, then it's a bad team. But he's <laughs> awesome, and they have guys around him who know how to play. So Trey Alexander is too good a defender. Like, I don't see, I don't see Stevens going off for one. Yeah, I don't either. So it's a good matchup for them. But uh, I want to get into my next takeaway. Mm-hmm. Is Missouri shit? Like, if we're looking at this team, they got the doors blown off of them against Memphis. That was not competitive, and I believe that was a road game for Memphis too. That was not competitive. They squeaked by Minnesota. And they I don't think consider they probably should have lost that game. Like they got fairly lucky to beat Minnesota, a team who we think is going to be a bottom feeder in the Big Ten. It looks fine, to be fair. Like they've looked all right. I watched like a very little bit of one of their games. They look fine. But when I'm looking at this Mizzou team, you also lose to an 0-5 Jackson State team. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say yeah. that's the biggie. Shout out Tyler Adams. Uh, their team got a little healthier. I follow him on Twitter because he played at Georgetown. So he's an assistant there now. He's like, yeah, we got healthy finally. So maybe we can be like decent, but they look bad. And then when I look at their roster too, it's like, all right, maybe if you play a lot of young guys, like, you know, the development curve's going up. If they look better, like I'll give teams that are younger some more like leeway. Of Missouri's top seven scores, six of them are juniors or seniors and five of them are grad seniors. Five oh. grad seniors. And they can't beat a goddamn 0-5 Jackson State team. They can't beat this Minnesota team. I mean, you barely beat them. You can't beat Memphis. Like, you can't even look competitive in those games. I, Missouri looks bad. They look bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take the mic a little bit here because I was at that Minnesota-Missouri game. Um, and Minnesota, it, w- it was... Honestly, it was remarkable because I think it was the worst piece of college basketball coaching I've ever seen uh, of all time. Like, it was that bad. Ben Johnson, Minnesota got up 20 points, and they were still up like 15 with something like seven minutes to play in every single possession. If you go back and watch this game, uh, if you're listening to this, go back and and, and enjoy some tape, the last seven minutes of the Minnesota-Missouri game. 
they didn't do anything offensively. They would hold the ball for 20 seconds, set one screen at the top of the, at the top of the key, and then the guy with the ball would either just like swing it for a three that's covered or just like shoot it himself. That was it for seven minutes. Um, so Missouri did not win that game. Minnesota lost it. Um, yeah, Missouri. And this is the other thing, Jackson State. I did get a little. I caught a little bit of that game as well. They got out rebound. Jackson State had more offensive rebounds than Missouri, um, and yet Missouri doesn't play Connor Vanover, who's seven five and a really good rebounder. Uh, Kevin or Gates is a really good coach, but yeah. that's head scratching. You're playing a six eight center uh, when you have a seven five guy on the bench when you're struggling rebounding, maybe play him. Noah Carter played center in that game. Six, six, he's six, six and playing center. No shit. You're going to get out rebounded. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. They're bad, bad, bad. Yeah. There's, there's definite problems there. And shout out Mo Williams for getting no, his first one of the season though. Shout out Mo. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my God. They look fucking woeful. All right, my last uh, takeaway slash buy or sell slash question for you um, is USC. Uh, USC is now 34th in Ken Palm uh, since beating K-State, and everyone thought, wow, this team is great. Uh, They lost to UC Irvine, um, snuck by Brown in a pretty close game. They're 3-1 and now. They play Seton Hall on the 23rd, which is, what, Thursday, Let, let's say that when both of those guards aren't out there, if Collier and Boogie aren't both out there and playing really well, this team is not good. They don't even look like a tournament team. without When, when Boogie was out, they did not look good at all. I will add that Kobe Johnson, who was their defensive stopper, 6'6 wing, he's only played in two games. He missed. He played in the Kansas State game. He played 38 minutes. He missed the two in between. Then he played in the Brown game. Uh, and Boogie Ellis, I believe, also missed the UC Irvine game. So I'm not going to overreact to that game too much because they were missing key guys. I, I did take them out of my top 25, but okay. yeah, uh, that's also to be fair. It's not a um, not a Kansas State team that you and I were both high on solely because you lose yep. Glover, you lose Tomlin, that there were some key injured pieces. So I still think we're learning about this team, but I don't want to overreact yet when they don't have their full complement of pieces. And Vincent Atuku actually has only played in two games as well. Let me see what games they are. He played against UC Irvine and Brown. So he's clearly getting back to full health. So they're not fully complete yet. They've still got some growing to do. And I, I'm okay with them having some growing pains. But, yeah, uh, not a great showing in the non-con from USC. We'll learn a lot more against in, in that Seton Hall game. Who looks – I mean, granted, they played nobody, but they look fine. Yeah, the, the weight of the Pac-12, which we're really high on them as a conference – is really weighing heavy on Arizona, right? UCLA has no good out-of-conference wins right now. Um, Oregon, I guess, beat Georgia, but outside of that, they've looked a little shaky. Uh, Utah hasn't beat, and they had some chances and didn't really tack on any notable wins. They got Wake Forest, I guess. Um, And then obviously USC drops one to UC Irvine. So I don't know, the Pac-12 maybe a little bit less high than than we thought to, to begin the year. I love how you didn't include the best win of the season by any team, which is Arizona going into Cameron and beating Duke. That one just didn't happen. I said outside of Arizona. I said outside of Arizona. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's <laughs> the best win of the college basketball season this far. 
Might as well. Let's just stop playing the games because they have the best win. Probably will be the best win of the year. So let's just crown them champions. Best team ever, Arizona. I mean, it's up there for being potentially one of the best wins of the season. Like, I don't know if it'll be the best. It'll be up there for sure. That's a top. What's a more impressive win than at Cameron Indoor? At Purdue? At Kansas? Won't happen. Maybe? Yeah. Kansas probably will get beat at home once, I think. Purdue, I I don't think they're losing at home. Yeah, I think I think that's probably it, honestly. Then at Duke, yeah, and like, and it depends on how these teams look this season too. So, right, yeah. Okay, Michael, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Ooh, I like um, we didn't talk about this, but right now, a revised Final Four picks. Now that we're what 15 days into the season, right now, who do you got? Jesus, I hate doing these exercises because when you have to look at it, it's like, all right, what teams, like, who is matchup proof? Who is a team that is matchup proof? How does mm-hmm. the bracket sketch out? It's so hard to do this. I'm going to go Purdue, Kansas, Duke, Arizona are my four right now. There's the four that I think are fairly above the rest. Tennessee would be a tough matchup for some of them. Marquette isn't there yet. UConn, I still want to see more from UConn. Same with Creighton. Yeah, those are my four for now. I could you could throw A and M in there too, like as a team that can compete for them. But I think those four I'm going with. Okay, Purdue, Duke, Arizona, and Kansas. Mm-hmm. I will go. I'm going to go Tennessee. I think Rick Barnes, as of right now, there's enough offense that maybe yeah. he finally has some success in March. I will do Purdue. Sadly, I want to fade them, but they're too good this year. Um, and then give me UConn. And I'm not going to say Kansas. There's too many flaws. They can't shoot very well. There's no bench. I'll go Creighton. The bench has shown me enough that they'll have eight competent pieces instead of five this time around. Uh, that'll help the legs the rest of the year. And, and if they figure out the Stephen Ashworth of it all, then I think they'll be great. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. We'll I see. mean, it's so early. It's, it's it like is, I mean, yeah dispute anything i think creighton could absolutely make a run like the it'd be foolish to say you can't have a game where trey alexander hits six threes here and then steven ashworth hits a couple the next game you'd be foolish to say yeah that's impossible that will that will never happen of course right. yeah okay actually i mean I, one more thing here uh you were at the michigan state butler game What's that was your prognosis it. on that was in um east lansing so i was oh there. yeah okay you were not there you did watch it though. What's the prognosis on Butler after kind of getting thwomped a little bit, but they've looked really good outside of that. What do they have an outside shot of being a tournament team or are they a year away still? Outside shot. I'd say sure. Cause you win a couple games. Like you can, you, they've got chances in the non-con. Like you play FAU t- uh, two days from now. If you win that game, you play A&M likely or Penn state. Two teams will, we're both think are pretty good. Granted A&M better, but like we both think those two yeah. teams are good. So they've got chances. You got to win some of those games. They got Texas Tech and Cal, who actually looks like shit. Both come to Hinkle before we wrap up non-con play. And the Big East is really good. You can get key wins there, but I'm not panicking because, granted, Butler should have lost that game. But that you're going to Michigan State. That's going to be a tough place to win, especially with Pierre Brooks' revenge game spot. Yeah, at high emotions. But Butler just missed a lot of shots. They usually like I would expect them to hit. Like they were 15 of 59 from the field. It was they were 20. 20- yeah, five-ish percent from three. Like, DJ Davis missed a couple wide-open looks. It's like, DJ DJ Davis and Pierre Brooks combined to shoot three of 13 from three on a lot of open looks. 
I'm okay with that. Those guys are good. Those guys can hit shots. So I don't yeah. know. We'll learn more about this Butler team in this week in uh, Orlando. But for now, like they look fine. Like I, I'm not overreacting to that game, and I'm someone who really likes to overreact to things. <laughs> uh, I still think they can be solid. I'm not like panicking yet. Uh, they look like the defensive pressure is so much better this year. So much better. It really changes the game. Like you have to be on your bed. You have to play your A game to beat this Butler team. And that wasn't the case last year. They're not going to quit. And Michigan State pulled away in that game late, like really late. Like it was like 10 for most of the second half. Then like with like three minutes left, it just became like 15, 20, GG. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't I, – I wasn't able to watch too, too much of that game. I think I watched probably seven or eight minutes. And it looked like they were outclassed a little bit, but also a big part of basketball is just, yeah, making shots. Speaking of making shots right now, Colorado is not doing it. Um, they are losing right now to Florida State early. The Buffs, Mike, we we kind of doused that fire a little bit in the offseason. I, I don't I don't know. They've looked okay. They only beat Richmond by five yesterday, and now they're losing to Florida State. I think we're going to end up actually being right on one team, and it's going to be Colorado. They don't have the juice offensively to be – Awesome. If you take, I mean, it's hard to do, but outside of the, if you slow down to Silva, it puts too much on Simpson's shoulders and, and then it's just, it's not going to work out. And Cody Williams hasn't been like great yet. So yeah, I'm, I still have questions with this team and any Lampkin inside. It was a weird addition in my mind. I, I don't see the fit there, especially if they could have had, I mean, clearly coach Boyle probably was like, I'm not getting EK. That's not happening. But that said, when EK entered the portal, like the first thought was, oh, he's going home and Colorado could be like really good next year if they get him. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Instead, EK is kind of a weird fit for Gonzaga too. Like he, he'll he he'll make it work because he's Graham EK and he's awesome, but kind of a strange, strange fit style-wise as well. Yeah. Uh, he looked good today, to be fair. Like they ended up beating Syracuse by 19. I don't know how Syracuse folded down the stretch. Only scored 57 points against Gonzaga. Oh, my God. But <laughs> Honestly, if they're shit, I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Red Autry was a strange hire. Um, Michael, is there anything else you want to hit? I know we were just hopping on here for a little bit, a Feast Week uh, week preview. Um, anything else? You know what? This is going to be a really greasy note because I don't think you have watched a second of this team play, and I don't expect okay. you to have. I like this American team. I like them. AU. Come they're my, they're going to be my team in the Patriot. Uh, you look at it, they play fast, they press, good guards, including a five foot nine. He's really not five foot nine. Let's, we don't need to lie about it. Come on, Elijah. We're like, we're fine. Five foot nine, short king. They've got an Italian on the roster, Italiano. Uh, let me have to pull up his name, but uh, they look good. New first year coach, Dwayne Simpkins. They look like they look solid. Like they're going to be my team in the Patriot that I'm going to back because I like them. Also, one of the assistant coaches, uh, Coach Isaiah. Uh, it would be Isaiah Tate. Yes, Isaiah Tate. I didn't know his last name. I worked with Isaiah uh, a couple times. Uh, oh. I know Isaiah. He, like, would, when I went to, like, basketball, like, training or whatever. I'm not good. Uh, Isaiah was one of, like, the trainers. I think I worked with him on, like, a couple camps. That sort of so. Shout out Isaiah. I, looked, I saw him on the bench, and I'm, like, I immediately had to text my dad, like, that's Isaiah, right? He's, like, yeah. Uh, so, I know yeah. Isaiah. So, shout out to them. I'm going to be back in this AU team. It's about time someone takes down Colgate. So, by God, hopefully it's AU. I like them. Short Kings. They're they're fun. They're fun to watch play. Colgate, when you watch them play, they're kind of boring. Let's be real. They're slow. They shoot a lot of threes, and they're not competitive against good teams. Aside from Syracuse, but Syracuse is stupid. That's different. 
Yeah. They got uh, guards. They're going to press. They're going to be fun. And shout out Lorenzo Donaggio. Shout out to him. Let's go okay. AU. Go AU, a, a pro AU podcast now. Mm-hmm. Let's add it to uh, the teams that will get cursed by our blessing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, like, they should. I watched both American and Mount St. Mary's play for 40 minutes. So I'll tell you right now, American is a lot better than Mount St. Mary's. So if they lose that game, it's like, whoa. Ugh. They also got beat by 20 to William and Mary. So First game. Um, nah, nah. Second game. They lost by 30 before that to Villanova. They, you know what? It took them two games to put it together. <laughs> then they whooped Siena and they beat NJIT too. It'll take them. It'll take them All some right. time. Right. They're coming. <laughs> They'll beat your your favorite team in the country, Harvard. They'll beat them too. Fuck it. They're gonna Good go God, in to so. Boston and shock the world. It's going. Um, I, like uh, I need Harvard to be a lot worse soon, or else I'm gonna look like a big dummy having them seventh in the. Actually, I think I had them eighth in the eighth. Ivy. You had yeah. eighth. I remember. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. freshman guard they have. Uh, his face malik mack yeah malik mack's been really good uh piggy has actually been solid too i i will i part of my uh, analysis of them is i thought denim wojcik was gonna start and then it, he's not starting it's yeah malik mack has been the guy and then i just i guess i just didn't really realize that yeah uh, tommy amaker is also certainly one of the coaches of all time so He's a coach for sure. Yeah, he gets talent, man. Malik Mack, this kid, uh, Malik Mack can play, man. He's, he's, I think he's, yeah, he's from the GC area. So, Tyler Perkins has a uh, Ivy Freshman of the Year on lockdown, but Malik Mack probably would be second. I think Mack can compete with Perkins. I would no. say Perkins is still a favorite. He's no having way. a twenty-one game. I don't care. I don't care. Like both, look, both are DC kids. Let's let's be real here. Tyler Perkins went to school down the street from here. Like I could, I could walk. It'd be a long walk, but I physically could walk to Landon, where he went to school. I believe his dad like teaches there too. Is what my brother was saying. My brother played against Tyler Perkins. I think he said he held him to like eighteen. So that's a big win. Shout out to. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's a win. My brother's like he's my height, so shout out to he's a better athlete than I was. But don't tell him I said that. <laughs> so yeah, you know what? Well, yeah, so they're both from my area, man. So like, look, DC, like DC taking over the eye. Shit. DC hoops, man. I'm at the Ivy of the Midwest, baby. The Butler Bulldogs. <laughs> the Ivy of the Midwest. The Harvard of online colleges. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it from us. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, the rest of the Feast Week activities. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time.